Hi, my name is Michelle Johns and I'm your host. In this series, I'm sharing seven lessons I learned from working in the corporate world as a woman. And this is my bonus episode, so episode eight, because I realized I wanted to share with you how I learned to observe first when in a new role. The reason I wanted to add this one into the series is that I learned this lesson too many times. I told myself to do this and then I would forget the next time I took on a new role because I felt the pressure to prove myself quickly. But it often tripped me up in some way. Now, usually our first thoughts or gut feelings are correct when we come into a new situation or meet someone new for the first time. However, it is wise to keep those feelings in mind, but to yourself while you spend more time making more observations or collecting more data. Now we need to do this because of two reasons. One, we are bringing our own biases from our past into this judgment. Our perception of things from our experiences in life and importantly in the work context, our experiences from other organizations we've been part of. Whether we want to admit it or not, we most likely have become or could have become what we call institutionalized in our previous organization or culture, even if we did our best to repel it. This is because it's human nature to take on or mirror our surroundings in order to survive there. So in fact, the more we repel the culture, the more we take on some of that culture in order to survive our time there. And the longer we stay, the more this becomes embedded in our subconscious. The second reason we need to hold our initial observations and gut feelings at bay before responding is because we may have a gut feel about an individual or many individuals or perhaps even the entire culture, but we do not know how all of this plays out together. We don't know how it interacts or intersects with each other. So We do not have the history or the experience in that organization or with the interactions of the people to solely rely on the gut feel about one person. So we may find ourselves judging a person on a moment, not long after we arrive, but they may be dealing with something personal at the time or they're having a difficult time with their manager or another team member. And the same can be true of a positive experience. You may have caught a person on their best behavior when you arrived to get you, the new person, on side or to gain your trust early. Now, you can probably smell BS a mile off, but some people are good, really good. So the broad two reasons to keep this in mind is that you bring in your unique experiences and the environment you're going into is more complex Um, than the people you meet and the vibe you feel on your first day, week or even month. So I'm going to break that down some more as I share some examples in this podcast and urge you to resist the pull or the, um, the feeling to prove yourself in your first week, month or even three months and spend more time taking it all in. Look, it's not to say you cannot make some small wins But what is way more effective in this time is to observe, listen, and build trust. It's worth it in the long run. 
Imagine if you were, and perhaps you've done this, to voice your opinion with someone in your team about another person or a situation and they are indirectly involved in that situation or person. When coming into a new organisation, we don't know who is aligned with who and also who has played a part in building the organisation, um, the organisational systems and processes that are now in play. For example, imagine you talk to your new leader about someone in the business and draw conclusions about this person based on their behaviour and actually your leader is mates with this person you're talking to or sorry, talking about. Although it's totally fine to express your opinion, you did not read the play there. And even if your boss agrees with you, they may now have an unconscious reaction to you as you've judged this person without understanding the relationship. What if you notice a process is broken and you talk to your colleague about how the Excel spreadsheet is wrought with formula errors And the process is broken because of it. What if that colleague spent the last year creating this spreadsheet, put a lot of heart and soul in and got the process to where it is today because 12 months ago it was an even bigger mess. You have not only deflated this person's motivation but potentially just made yourself an enemy in the team. These situations can easily be avoided simply by observing and listening more. While talking less, less talking yourself up and less talking about what you are observing. I want to share a story about a previous manager I had for a short time. Short time. <clears throat> I was in a team, I hadn't been in my role long and my current manager moved to another department and a new manager came in. Now, side issue, my, my manager left basically because his manager was a bit of a bully to him. I'd experienced it myself but stood up to him and it never happened again. So perhaps that, perhaps that's a, a bit of a story for another time. But this was the main reason I believe that he moved to a new role. Hence, new manager came in. This new manager got a rundown from my previous manager about the team, which is quite normal but not normally shared with the existing team members. So in my first catch up with my new boss, I was taken aback a little. We had our first one-on-one and he proceeded to tell me that I was his second in charge, which should have been fluttering, but I didn't know this guy from a bar of soap, or I was going to say a bar of cheese. Um, He acknowledged how one of the other members of the the team will be watched as he had been briefed about their behaviour. I don't know if it's just me or not, so put your own lens on this. But this person took my old manager at his word. Now, even though I agreed I should be second in charge around here and that the other team member did need to be pulled into line, but how did he know this was the right course of action without observing and doing his own due diligence first? Now, unfortunately for him, I lost respect for him in our first one-on-one. I share this because... Before you jump in to run a team and take the brief you've been given about the team and start sharing with the star of that team all this information, think about what that says about you and your leadership. Now, I didn't stay long in that team. Now, I liked the guy and I thought he had great ideas, 
but I wasn't sure if I could trust him with what I had to say or to be willing um, to find out for himself what the lay of the land was. Now, that maybe that says a bit about me, but I felt that um, he trusted me with that information, but he didn't really do any observing himself. Now, I know that this person person went on to a successful career and I just wonder if he learned something in that role that he took with him too. Now, I myself have had many situations where I came into a new organisation and the urge to prove myself did not always serve me well. I'll give you um, some examples. So I joined an organisation once where I worked with two people closely, so a group of three of us, and the two people that I started working with were in conflict, but I didn't know that because they're on their best behavior. But I assumed because they were so professional um, with one another, there was no issue. And it, it wasn't until about six months in before I worked it all out because I was so focused on me and proving myself. And the information I shared with each of them could have been a bit tricky because I found out these two team members were in a sort of a mediation type conversation with, with the management, but I didn't know that. So I'm not sure if that tripped anything up um, behind the scenes. Now, when I first, another example, when I first moved into a change management role, I was asked to take over a group of stakeholders to look after. So I made calls with each of them and set up meetings. And after one of my meetings with one of those stakeholders, one of my colleagues came up to me and pretty much flat out told me off a meeting with this particular stakeholder without them and proceeded to tell me that they were the relationship manager with this stakeholder. But of course, no one briefed me on that and it wasn't in the notes or handover notes that I had. So after that situation, I made a bit of a rule for myself not to set up meetings with any stakeholders, this is particularly in change management, um, in within the first week, unless somebody had set them up for me so that I could do some due diligence around um, who the relationship manager is. Now, I say that because it this is just a particular example, but all of these examples, if I had observed first, I would have picked up nuances and different things around from my team members. Now, look, the problem with this particular situation was that what it meant was this new team member, I was the new team member, and this team member then created a mistrust with them. And it was just an innocent mistake. But then they judged me based on that, and it made my role quite difficult um, moving forward. Now, on the other side of the uh, coin, I guess, I've also fallen for the charmer and the um, NLP expert. Now, NLP, which stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, is a technique to tap into someone's unconscious mind. The thing is, this can be used for good or evil. A little dramatic, I know, but it can be used to help someone tap into their unconscious mind to serve them. However, people have been known to use it to serve themselves. So I've fallen prey to this. Now, I'm a trusting person by nature, and when first meeting someone, I will trust until proven otherwise. I will also use my intuition. But when confronted with a charmer, an LP expert, my mind was tricked into thinking this person was genuinely interested in me and my success, when in fact, they were interested in themselves. 
This is a tricky one because I do not want to assume every person I meet now is an NLP expert and using it to serve themselves. But I can listen to the language used and be a bit more observant around how they're presenting to me. Now, in my experience, and the example here is that if I had spent more time observing rather than jumping in and sharing all of my anxieties and vulnerabilities, I think I would not have felt so violated afterwards. On the other hand, this experience taught me a lot, a lot about myself. So don't be hard on yourself if these things happen to you, but in in your learning along the way, but see them as a learning experience. And also embrace and celebrate the part of you that is special or makes you you, such as for me, I have on numerous occasions been very trusting at the beginning of a working relationship only to find out that I was to be taken advantage of down the track. I now reframe this to, I'm very trusting, sorry, let me say that again. I am a very trusting, giving person and I can provide others with the energy they need at the time in their life. But I will strive to always give myself that energy first and foremost. Well, the podcast has taken a bit of a turn here, but I I hope it helped someone who is similar to me. Whatever it is that you find yourself doing when you first meet someone, from trusting them with all of your life secrets to the other end of the scale, being suspicious that they are part of some conspiracy to destroy your life, steal your money, run away with your identity, or somewhere in between. Perhaps just try observing a little first too. And in the work environment, this is especially important. So just give yourself a period of time when you meet someone new at work, whether that be when you join an organization, which was the start of this podcast, which will be a lot of people at once, which means you will be very conscious of it and you may Give yourself that period of time when you first join the organization, but also when you meet someone new at work as well. Try avoiding making an initial judgment. Listen to your gut, but just put it aside while you wait for more data. You do not know their context yet. You do not know yet what biases you may have about them. A simple one I picked up along the way is somebody's name. Now, there may be a bully or someone you didn't like from your childhood. And whenever you meet someone with that name, you subconsciously see this new person as that childhood bully or that person you didn't like. So whatever your initial judgment is, it can be powerful to ask yourself why you think the way you do about this person. So in these instances, my learning and advice for the work environment is to choose yourself a specific period of time, say three months to do this observing and be conscious of it during that time when you, when you start in an organization. And perhaps with a person who is new to the organization, you know, you give, give yourself a few meetings with them to, before you make any judgments, I guess, or take any course of action. Well, I hope that helped as a bonus episode for this series. 
even just a little bit of, of observing and listening can help you either avoid making assumptions and then mistakes through making decisions based on those assumptions or help you learn something new about yourself or the environment around. So see it more as an opportunity than avoid making mistakes, I guess, what I'm saying there. So that's the end of the first series of lessons I learned in the corporate world as a woman. I'm so excited to get these out into the world. I remember how nervous I was recording my first episode. So thanks to those who've been on the journey with me over the eight episodes. Now, next time I'm going to move into the next phase of the podcast, which I'm very excited about too. I'm going to continue to share my experiences in the corporate world. I'm also going to cover more topics to help aspiring women leaders to make progress in your career. And I will also be interviewing women who have lessons to, to share too and inspiring stories to tell. So there'll be a mix of solo episodes by me and you'll get to hear from others too. I can't wait to start interviewing some really awesome women. Now I'm still going to continue to provide you with practical tips you can take to the workplace and I'm going to keep giving you homework as well. Until then, I hope you've got a lot out of the first eight episodes and the top lessons I learned in the corporate world as a woman. There's a few more. In case you haven't heard the earlier episodes, I will quickly recap my top lessons learned for you. And you can go back and listen to any that you missed and are interested in. So the first episode was about dropping the facade at work and just being you. This was a lesson I learned when I tried to emulate other leaders only to find out people can see through that and do not feel you're being authentic. In the second episode, I broke some common myths about confidence. Episode three was about when to listen to feedback and when to just let it go. The fourth episode, I shared how to be a how to be a real leader. It's not about learning how to manage people out of an organization, but leading people to find their own purpose. Next, I shared my lessons about making a big career change in episode five. And in episode six, I provided some tips on how to find a mentor and how informal mentoring is the best form of mentoring. Last episode, I got you ready for that dreaded question, what to say when someone asks you, what are your career aspirations? So if you missed anything that you're interested in, skip to that episode. Otherwise, if you're all caught up, um, I look forward to bringing you the new format soon. So once again, thanks for listening. And I hope this helped even just one aspiring woman leader out there. Let's get comfortable in our own skin and help others to feel comfortable in theirs too. We need more brave-hearted women in leadership positions. 